P.T. Barnum had so many dreams that it kept him awake at night. He couldn't sleep. He had all these visions of what things could be. And those dreams led to the creation of his circus, along with miracles that happened along the way. And that circus ended up bringing joy to thousands and thousands of people. Martin Luther King had a dream that people would begin to love each other no matter what color skin they had. And that dream led to the change of uh, equality for people of color in this country. I remember as a, as a kid having big dreams of, of what I thought my life could be like and, and what I thought I wanted to do. Um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I wanted to be a football player. Um, and it's funny uh, how life has a way of sort of kicking the dreams out of you sometimes. As I realized when I was young and I was watching Brett Favre and I was watching all these other awesome players play, play football, um, as I was growing up, I started to realize if I wanted to do it professionally that I actually had to be really talented. <laughs> and on top of that, you had to work crazy hard, like way harder than I ever wanted to work, right? So I kind of kind of shoot that dream away. And then as I was in college, I had visions of what I thought I would be like as I got into ministry and what I wanted my family to look like and where I wanted to live. And, and over time, things happen and life kind of gets in the way. And, you know, you have this happen to you and you have that. And eventually those, those dreams kind of get kicked out of you a little bit. And so, um, but I think this morning, for some of you guys, you, you've had dreams that have kind of gone away a little bit. Life's kind of kicked them out of you. And I think God wants to start to rekindle some of those for you this morning. Some of you in here have maybe never even dared to dream bigger than something that you can accomplish on your own. And so I think for some of you, God wants to inspire you this morning to dream, to start to pray around dreams that something only he can do. And for some of you this morning, God just wants to invite you into a place where you can have a conversation with him for the first time. So no matter where you're at today, I, I hope that, um, that God starts to speak to you. And so today we're going to talk about how to pray for your dreams, how to start to pray these things into existence and, and get rid of the obstacles that a lot of times hold us back from dreaming big. But before we get started, I want to pray with you guys. So if you'd pray with me, God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for each and every person that you've brought here. I know you have them here for a reason. I pray that you would speak to us. God, give us fresh vision and big dreams. Um, God, give us, uh, encourage us to, to pray uh, circles around them and be uh, people who experience miracles uh, that we can give you praise for. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I want to welcome you guys. If this is your first time with us, thank you so much for joining us. I am really, really excited that you're here. We have been praying for you um, to be here with us. And so thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday morning to come and be with us. Um, last week, we started a series called I Need a Miracle. And uh, we started talking, we're working through this book written by Mark Batterson um, called Circle Maker. And it's an awesome book. I read it. And uh, Kevin started us out last week by talking about sort of what it means to be a circle maker. Because that's a word that a lot of us have never heard before. And he told us this story about a guy named Honey. 
spelled H-O-N-I, weird, guy, weird name, but it's pretty cool. Um, and Honey lived in a time where people hadn't seen God do a miracle in almost 400 years, and the nation of Israel was in, in deep jeopardy of a generation of people dying off because there was a severe, severe drought. Right? They hadn't seen rain in a long time, and death was imminent. And they decided that uh, the only thing left they could do was pray, which is, I think a lot of us have probably been there, right? Uh, we get to where we can't do anything else and we need to pray. And so they go to this guy named Honey who was known for making it rain, right? Not like this, okay? Um, no, he was known for being a guy who could pray, pray for rain and it would rain. And so they went to Honey and they said, hey, we're, uh, we're about to die. So if you could make it rain, that'd be awesome. And so Honey goes into the desert and he's got a staff because of course he does. And he goes into the desert, and with his staff, he sticks in the sand, and he draws a circle around himself. And he prays, and he says, God, I'm not leaving this circle until you send rain. And Honey prayed, and he prayed, and God sent rain. And there was no more drought in the land. And it wasn't just a little bit of rain. It filled cisterns. It gave them water for months. It rained so much. And the legend of Honey was born, and the legend of a circle maker was born. And so a circle maker is just somebody who says, God, this is what I want, this is what I need, and I'm going to pray until you answer me, one way or another. And so we're talking about, uh, what it, we're going to continue talking about that today. Um, and, you know, last week, Kevin kind of got into what does that look like, and he talked about we need to pray specifically. All right, we need to pray specifically for what we need. We need to pray boldly with a holy confidence, and we need to pray through and keep praying and keep praying, right? And, and he also, he asked this question. Well, Jesus asked this question, and I read it in the book, and then he said it again last week, and it's been rattling around in my head really ever since. And I want you guys to think about it as we go through this message. Jesus came across two blind men, and he asked them, what do you want me to do for you? And when I read that question, I, was, I started thinking, I was like, man, I don't know. If Jesus came to me and was like, what do you want me to do for you? I didn't have an answer. And maybe some of you guys have no idea how you would answer that question. But I want you to start thinking about that as we go through this this morning. And so I, was, I wrestled with this question for like two weeks. And uh, as I was wrestling with it, I thought about, man, I've seen God do miracles in my life. And, and so I'm like, I don't know, but I don't know what to ask him for. And I realized that at some point, as I was getting older, at some point, I stopped dreaming and stopped asking. I don't know when it happened. I don't know what, at what point in my life I stopped dreaming and asking God for big things, because I used to. But at some point, I stopped doing it. And I, I thought about that. I was like, man, that's, I don't know what happens. And, and I started thinking about, you know, when we're kids and when we're younger, we're, we tend to be more right brain oriented, which is where your kind of imagination and stuff comes from, right? For example, my daughter, she's three. And uh, when she gets in like play mode, it's hard to get her out, right? Like she's, she's over there fighting bad guys in her room. And like, I'm like, hey, it's time for dinner. And I, she just like, the two don't compute, right? <laughs> she's like, no, I'm fighting bad guys, dad. You know, like dinner can wait. And uh, I got to save the world. So... We go from that when we're young and we're kids, and then when we're adults, we become sort of more left-brain oriented, which is where our logical thinking comes from, and we think, you know, how am I going to make dinner? I got to get home today. I got to go shopping. I got to go to work. I got to do all these things, and we start thinking, uh, you know, we start putting one plus two plus three, and we just add things up, and we just think very logically, this is what can happen. This is what I've seen happen, and so we, this is what will happen, right? 
And so our brain short, sort of shifts in the way that we think. And, and as, I've, as I've wrestled and, and prayed with this, I, I made my own list. I made my own list of, of my big dreams that I want to see God move in. And it's crazy what happens when I started to do this. I, I started to think, and, and I wrestled with this question of, Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? And I, and I prayed more than I have in a while. And I realized something. God wants to answer your biggest prayers and your biggest dreams. In your uh, programs this morning, there's a little uh, handout in there. It's got some blanks. If you want to fill in the blanks, we encourage you guys to take notes, and that's the first one up there. Um, as I'm wrestling and I'm praying and I'm reading and I'm thinking about all this and I'm looking at Scripture and, and what, what God says, I realize God wants to answer your biggest prayers and your biggest dreams. He wants to. And so I'm thinking about that, and I said, well, you know, if God wants to do this, then why don't we? Why don't we ask? Why don't we pray for these things? Why aren't we consistently praying for things that are too big for us to solve on our own? Why aren't we dreaming big? Why aren't we doing that stuff? And so I thought there's a few reasons that most of us don't do this, that, that we stay away from these big dreams and we pray to things that we can solve on our own. And this is your next fill in the blank. The three things that I think hold us back the most are a low view of God. We have a low view of God. We have fear. And then finally, we give up. I think those are the three biggest barriers that sort of hold us back from praying these big prayers, right? And we, I think a lot of times we end up with a low view of God. We have a view of God that is too small. The size of the prayers that we are willing to ask God show us how big and powerful we actually think he is. If we're not willing to pray big things, it shows us what we think about how big and powerful our God actually is. Is he big enough to heal your marriage? Is he big enough to help you start your business or change your diagnosis? Is he big enough for that stuff? Another reason we don't pray these big prayers is fear. What if God doesn't answer me? What if, what if I look like a fool doing this? What if I pray the wrong thing? What if what, if what I'm asking for doesn't matter to God? We let that fear hold us back. And finally, a lot of times we give up, right? The things we pray, it's not answered in the way we want or, um, or the way we think it should be answered. And so now we just say like, you know, I, I prayed that last time and it didn't really happen like I thought it would or like I wanted to. So I'm just not going to do it again. Or, or life gets in the way and we get kicked down so many times that we just start using our own power to get by because we just have to make it from day to day. I don't have time to pray for big things. I just need to be able to pay the bills tomorrow, you know? And so we work hard and we do things that we can do. And we stop praying those big prayers and we stop dreaming those God-sized dreams. And so I want to sort of work through these um, obstacles with you guys today by looking at a story found in Numbers chapter 11. So that's the Old Testament. This is an older story, right? And this is a story of Moses and the Israelites, and, and Moses has, has rescued God's people from slavery in Egypt, and he's taken them out, and he's done a bunch of miracles, and he's parted the Red Sea, and they walk through on dry land. It's crazy. And God's promised them a promised land, right? And, but in the meantime, they kind of made some wrong choices, and they had to do some wandering in the wilderness. And I don't know if you guys know anything about the desert and the wilderness of the desert, but there's not a whole lot to eat out there, Okay. So in the middle of all that, God provides what's called manna. And manna is just basically this small, thin little wafer. It's kind of sweet. 
And God provided that, enough of that every single day that the whole nation was able to eat every single day. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't like to eat the same thing every single day. Anybody there with me? You guys like a little change up in your meal? Yeah, I feel you guys. Yeah, I get to about like, I'm okay with leftovers, but after about three days of leftovers, like it's time for something new. All right, we need something else to eat here. All they had was these wafers for like weeks, right? So the nation was just like, yo, Moses, we want some meat. I need some meat out here. I just have these small wafers. And I identify with that, man. I also like a good, you know, some, some beef or something with my dinner, right? And so, like, we need some meat. And they're really complaining, and, and they really, really want some meat, and I don't blame them. And so what Moses does is he's like, I, the nation, I don't know what to do. They're complaining. And so he's like, I got to go to God, right? So Moses goes to God, and he's praying. He's talking with God, and he's like, He's like, God, they, I mean, we're about to have a revolt on our hands. Like, they are so upset that we don't have meat that they're talking about going back to Egypt, where they were in slavery and experienced genocide because they want some fish. Like, we got to do something here, right? And so, so God says, all right, I'm going to provide meat for the nation of Israel. And then Moses says, well, how are you going to do that? Which is an interesting response because he just prayed for it, right? He's like, but, but God, like, how is that even going to happen? Because we have 600,000 men here, which means there was even more women and children in the camp, right? Has, we have 600,000 men. There's not enough farms around us if you slaughtered every animal to feed everybody. How are you going to do that? And God asked Moses a question that I think if we start to think about how we would answer this, will get us through that first obstacle of our low view of God, or God being too small. This is how the Lord answered Moses in chapter 11, verse 23. It says, The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not I will say, what I say will come true for you. Other translations say, it, Is there any limit to the Lord's power? The way we answer that question, and not just like, a, oh, yeah, of course, he's unlimited, he's God, you know. But we have to be convicted about it. You have to know that you know that you know that the Lord's power is unlimited. Is how you answer that question is going to determine how big your prayer circles will be. It's our biggest hurdle to a big prayer life is how big we think God is. And I'm here to tell you, there is no limit to what God can do. And this is your next fill in the blank. God is infinitely bigger than your biggest problem or your biggest dream. There is nothing in your life, no dream, no issue, no need, that God is not big enough and not powerful enough to help you and provide a miracle in. There is nothing. God is infinitely bigger and powerful than anything that you have for him. God spoke creation into existence. It didn't say like, Genesis doesn't say God used every ounce of his power to create the world. It says he merely spoke and it came to be. God exists outside of creation. And now this is a little bit more like theological and kind of heady, so I'm going to slow down a little bit, right? It'd be like this. If you made a box, Right? If you got some wood pieces and you made a box, and then that box tried to tell you what your limit was and tried to limit, it by, limit you by its own capacity, right? you're not limited by whatever box you make. You can manipulate that box however you want. You can pick it up. You can toss it around. You can get inside of it. You can get out of it. You can paint it if you want to. Right? You can do whatever you want to the box because you made it. 
Creation is God's box. He exists outside of it. He is not limited by creation's rules or what creation or physics or anything like that. He's not limited by that stuff. Why? Because he made it all. He exists outside of the box. He is infinitely bigger and more powerful than anything that exists inside of our lives. And his, so your biggest dream or your biggest need or the thing that you're most scared of, they're tiny for him. He can snap his fingers. He spoke life into existence. He's not too small for whatever dream you have. So then Moses, after God tells him he's going to do this miracle, had to go and tell his people, hey, I talked with God and good news, we're going to have meat, right? And I'm, if I was Moses, I would have been scared, all right? That would have been a big step, right? Because I have no idea how God's going to do this. I mean, God just kind of challenged me and said, like, hey, is there any limit to my power? And you're like, okay, I guess so. Here we go, right? And he's a little scared, or I imagine he would have been. Because the follow-up question is, what are we having for dinner? You know, is it going to be rare, medium rare? Like, what are we talking here? Um, you know, like, what, what's going on? When, when is it coming, right? When is this dinner coming, and, and what's it going to be? And uh, Moses must have been like, I don't know, but like God said, it's going to happen, right? So he must have been a little bit scared there. And fear sometimes hold us back from praying these big prayers. Because when we start to pray big prayers, it can be scary. Why? Because we can't make them happen. Moses had no shot of making sure everybody got meat. Like when he told them they were going to get meat, it was solely dependent on whether or not God would provide it or not. And when we start to pray these big prayers that I'm talking about, We're talking about prayers and dreams and needs that you can't solve on your own. And it's scary, right? What if I don't pray the right thing? What if I don't say the right words? One of the things that I have learned about prayer throughout my years, and this is your next fill-in here, is that nothing moves God and changes people like prayer. Nothing will move God to action and change you as a person like prayer. When we start praying, sometimes it's in ignorance. Sometimes we're not praying for the right things or using the right words. But God is so faithful and so amazing that he uses that act of just faith to begin to pray to change us through that relationship. And that includes what we pray for. So as you go to God and as you start doing this and and start praying circles around your big dreams and, and saying, God, I'm not moving until you answer. As you continue to do that, God will shape you. Your relationship with him will change. And sometimes your prayers change. Sometimes they don't. But nothing moves God and changes people like prayer. And as we pray and we start to see things happen and we start to see God answer things in little ways or in big ways, it gives us confidence to keep praying and come back for more. The answer to fear of praying for big things is to do it. (laughs) Because once you start to see God move, that fear goes away. I've seen God do things. I've seen it. I know he can do it. So I'm going back to him. But even still, man, what if God, what if God doesn't answer? I could look like a fool. What if I tell somebody God's going to do something and then he doesn't do it? I could look like an idiot. The thing about miracles and anybody who's asked for big things is that sometimes it requires us to look a little foolish. Kevin told a story last week that I loved. I hadn't heard it before about, uh, we have a 246 building. It's a facility that we use for our offices and meeting space over in Winter Garden. 
And God gave him a, a vision of that place, and, and he started praying circles around. He actually walked around this entire giant like shopping mall complex seven times. He must have looked like a crazy person, right? Which, like, if I'm a store owner, I might have called the police on. Like, what is this dude doing? He's walked around here seven times. He's talking to himself, right? This is weird. He must have looked like a fool. And on top of that, he told people, hey, this is the place God wants for us. Like, I'm praying for it. I think God's going to give us this spot. And then the deal fell through, and they didn't get the spot. He must have felt like an even bigger fool. But what happened is it didn't happen exactly like Kevin thought it would, but God did eventually answer that prayer in a different way. But it required him to step out and look a little foolish. And when we start praying these God-sized prayers, what we have to do is resist the temptation for praying prayers that we can accomplish. Because we know if I pray this thing that I can do, it will happen. I can make it happen, right? I suffer no consequences because even if God doesn't do it miraculously, I can do it. But what happens when we do that is you rob God of an opportunity to give you a miracle and you rob God of glory. Because God gets the glory when he does things that we can't accomplish on our own. But when we do things that we can do, when we start praying things all the time, it's like, oh yeah, God, just help me get through the day, you know, or God, I just, I I want this little thing, you know, whatever. When we do that and then it happens, we're just like, hmm, was it God? Was it me? I don't know. But when we start to pray prayers that are big and audacious and dreams and and God-sized prayers, God gets the glory for those things. But it's risky. And so in order to experience a miracle, you have to take a risk. That's your next feeling. In order to experience a miracle, you have to take a risk. All great miracles come with somebody who stepped out in faith and took a risk and prayed prayers that were bigger than themselves. So we have to put ourselves out there, and that can be scary. But we can take heart because we know God wants to answer our biggest prayers and our biggest dreams. I want you guys to walk away with that, that God wants to answer your biggest prayers and your biggest dreams. There's a, uh, Jesus speaks to this in Matthew chapter 7, and it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and he says, which of you parents would give their child a rock if they asked for bread or a snake if they asked for fish? So if we, as imperfect people, know how to give good gifts to our children, then how much more does our Father in heaven give good gifts? I thought about this uh, the other day. I went to Walmart for just a couple groceries or whatever. For Christmas, Kirst and I, uh, we we put a limit on how much we'll spend on Callie. And part of that's just to keep her from being more spoiled than she already is. And then, you know, we have some other things behind that. But... um, but it's a temptation, right? Because I, I walk into Walmart and, you know, they got the children traps right at the entrance with all the, like, the presents and stuff. You parents know what I'm talking about. I want it, right? Um, and so I'm walking in and it's just me by myself. And, and I see these, like, PJ Masks stuff. And, like, Callie loves PJ Masks, which is a kid show. And uh, one of the characters is Owlette. And they have this thing that's like a little helmet thing that, like, goes on. It's got, like, a cape on it. I was like, oh, man, that is cool. Like, if I was a kid, I would totally want that. And I was like, I wonder how much it is. And I was like, oh, it's only $20. Like, I could get it for Callie, even though we bought all of her presents. So I didn't buy it. I was, I was good. I was good. But, the t- but I always, like, I want to give Callie everything, right? Like, I want to buy her everything that I see. If she ever tells me she's hungry, like, I'm, wherever we're at, I'm getting her something to eat. I'll pull over. I'll go wherever. Like, I don't ever want her to be hungry, you know? And I am imperfect. 
I am far from a perfect parent. (laughs) Far from it. And so if me as an imperfect person has that desire for my children, how much more does God, who is a perfect father, want to give us things? He wants us to experience good things and good gifts. And so speaking of good gifts, we've come to our time of the uh, service where we're going to take an offering. Um, uh, and, and so if this is your first time this morning, I want you guys to feel free to let that offering uh bag, I guess, um, pass you by. Um, don't feel obligated to give at all. You guys can go ahead and come on down. Um, don't feel obligated to give at all. We want you to let this service is our gift to you. Okay. Um, if you are somebody who calls Kensington home, um, I want to thank you guys for the way that you live generously. Um, I want to thank you guys for the way that you give um, because it allows us to do everything that we do here. And um, so we just want to thank you guys for your faithful giving um, in that way and being and partnering with us. And so sometimes we let our low view of God get in the way. We don't think God's big enough. Sometimes we let fear stop us. And then sometimes we give up. Sometimes we pray for things and, and they don't happen when or how we want. We live in a microwave culture, right, where everything is fast and at our fingertips. Um, I recently got a Roku uh, over Black Friday, right, got a deal on it. I was really excited. And so, like, it's amazing. Like, I now have Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. Like, there's more than I could ever watch, like, ever. And it's all, like, right there at my fingertips. Like, I want to watch a Disney movie. Bam, bam. It's on. You know, like Callie wants to watch something. She wants to watch it. Boom, boom. It's on. Like it's so quick. Our, our food's fast. We got fast food. We can go somewhere. They'll make it for us. Boom. It's quick. And so we're used to a world where everything is at our fingertips. And so sometimes when we pray, it's going to take a long time. Sometimes people are going to have some 20-year prayers. But what happens a lot of times is if we, we go a week and we're like, all right, I'm going to pray for this thing. I want this to happen. And we go a week and we're like, all right, I prayed this whole week. Man, God's definitely going to do something. And nothing happens. You're like, all right, I got this. And then we pray two weeks. And we're like, man, I have prayed for two weeks in a row. This is amazing. God is totally going to answer this thing. And then a month goes by and we're like, man, this must not be what God wants. Cannot wait a month. That is way too long, God. All right. I ordered something from Amazon and it is here today. All right. I'm going to need you to hurry up this prayer thing. I need a miracle now. But sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes we have to wait. I, uh, I, I prayed my first circle when I was, uh, when I was a teenager, and, and I didn't know I was doing it because the book hadn't been written yet, so we didn't have language for it. But, um, but I started praying because it was the end of my sophomore year, and I was, uh, I was going into being a junior, so it was that summer. And I, I had this realization just kind of dawned on me as I was going into being a junior. I was like, I, uh, I got to kind of start figuring out what I want to do the rest of my life, you know? Because I got to, like, think about college and stuff. And, like, I'd never really thought about this stuff before. And at that point, I had been in church for about a, a year or two. And so I had heard people say, like, you know, oh, you just, you definitely want to do whatever God has for you. Like, that's where you want to be and that's what you want to be doing. So I had no idea what I want to do, but I prayed, God, just, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want it to do what you have called for me to do. Like, what, what have you created me to do? That's the thing that I want to do. So I started praying, and I wanted this answer really badly. Like, I really, really wanted God to answer me, because I did not want to just get into a career that I was going to hate, you know? And what happened is, and it was almost unintentional, like, I didn't sit down and think, I'm going to pray about this every day until it's answered. I just really, really wanted to know. 
And so I started praying, and I prayed almost every day, at least once a week. And I prayed through my entire junior year. I prayed through my, the summer after my sophomore year. I prayed through my entire junior year, and I got a year later. I'm still praying this prayer. I'm like, God, I don't know, I'm about to be a senior. I really need you to answer. And I go to this summer camp, this student ministry summer camp. And on the third night, they say, hey, we, wanna, we think God wants to call some of you in here tonight. God, God wants to call you into something. And so if you have been praying for God to speak into your life about what you want to do, we want you to come down front and we want to pray over you. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's me! I've been asking for this for a year! So I go down to the front and, and somebody starts praying over me and I'm just like, God... Man, I've been praying for this for a year. I'm like, now would be a great time to answer. I'm about to go into my senior year of high school. I still have zero idea what I want to do. I really need you to speak to me. And the only time in my life that this has happened, I heard the audible voice of God. It wasn't the person praying over me because I heard what they were praying. There was an adult praying with me. And it wasn't the voice in my head because I know what that sounds like. <laughs> it was the audible voice of God. He said, I want you to be a youth pastor and I want you to go to Southeastern to do it. And I was overwhelmed. I started crying because I didn't know what else to do. I was overcome with emotion. I was like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm going to do. I was so excited. I went home. I was pumped. I told everybody that I could speak to. God told me what I was going to do. He even went so far as to tell me the college I was going to go to. Right? That was bonus. I didn't even ask for that. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes God has something bigger and better than what we're even praying for at the moment. But we give up because it doesn't look like what we want it to look like. I say, man, I was praying for this thing and, and like some of it happened, but you know. Mm. And so we just kind of give up. And sometimes we give up. The answer is no. Sometimes we have something that we want and the answer is No. And so we give up the praying thing altogether because we're like, well, if that's no, then the rest of it's going to be no. And, th- and that one's hard. I don't want God to seem like a miracle slot machine or a magical genie that you just, you pray uh, as hard as you can for a year and it's gonna, definitely going to happen. That's not how this works. But I don't want you to give up. Sometimes the answer is no and sometimes God will change you through that process and he will begin to shape how you pray based on the fact that he said no. Sometimes we get stuff wrong. It happens to all of us. We think we know what God wants, but sometimes it's just what we want. And it's not God's will for us. And in those times where we feel discouraged, I want you guys to remember this verse. This is from Isaiah chapter 55, and it's your next fill-in. It says, My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Uh, My daughter is currently in her terrible threes. Which means right now she knows best, and, uh, and if it doesn't go her way, she will throw a temper tantrum and melt down. Like, that's just every single day with her right now. <laughs> it is awful. I love my daughter, but it's, it's terrible. Um, and so the other day, we're coming home from school, and it was kind of a day kind of like today where it's cool in the morning and warmer in the afternoon, and so she had pants on. And I had set aside time in my day to, like, spend some extra time with her so we could hang out and play. And I'm like, all right, Callie, like, we get home. Like, we're going to change. I'm gonna put some, you're gonna, we're we're going to put some shorts on, and we can hang out and play. We'll do whatever you want to do because I got a little time before we have to start working on dinner. And we get home. I'm like, all right, come on. Let's go put some shorts on. And she just goes, I don't want shorts. And she just full-on loses it, has a, just melts down. I'm just like, 
what is happening right now? Like, why, is, why are you doing this, right? She had an idea in her head of what she wanted. And I didn't want her to be all hot and sweaty and it's, you know, it's warm out. Like, it's time to wear shorts. Like, why are you doing this? I wanted the best for her, but she wanted something else. And she just threw a temper tantrum. And I wonder how many times we do that. I wonder how many times God says, no, 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 I have something better for you. You don't have to be hot and sweaty. I got you. We got shorts over here. And we're just like, no, I want the pants. (laughs) Kirsten and I have big dreams for Callie. We want the absolute best for her. But sometimes that means she doesn't get her every need and want answered. God knows best. He has bigger dreams for us than we even have for ourselves. We don't always know how things will work out or why things happen at a certain time. But we have to know that God is for us. God wants to answer your biggest prayers and your biggest dreams. So what is it? What is your dream or need? There's a couple questions at the bottom of your sheet that I want you to start to think through here. And there's a big empty space after them. And that is for you to write. I want every single person in here to write down whatever dream or whatever need you have. And I want you to keep that. I want you to start to pray over it. I had a professor in in one class when I was in college, asked the class this. He said, if you could do anything for God, anything at all, and be guaranteed success, what would you do? What would you do? When you start answering those type of questions and writing that stuff down, that is a God-sized dream. When Jesus asks, what would you like for me to do for you? What's your answer to that? I want you to write it down. And I want you to pray over it every day. Start circling and say, God, I want you to answer. I want you to say something on this, whether it's no, whether it's yes. I need you to move in this area. Maybe your dream is to start your own business. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. Maybe you have a a, a child who's not where you want them to be. Somebody who's wandering far off and you want them to come back. Maybe you're dreaming about starting a family or adopting a child. Maybe you're sitting here and you're sitting here like, I'm I'm still single. I'm just praying for the right one. Start praying for the things that you want in the right one. Maybe you're here and and, and you're dreaming of, of, uh, of of a different life, a different job, a different career. You're not happy where you're at. Maybe... There's a diagnosis or a medical situation that you want God to to heal you from or heal somebody else from. Starting, write those down right now. My favorite miracle in my life is the story of my grandma. Um, When I went to Southeastern, I I moved eight hours away from home. Uh, All my family's in Pensacola. And when I got to Southeastern, I felt pretty alone there. I'm not a super social person, so I don't like make friends instantly. And I felt pretty alone my first two semesters. And in, in the middle of my second semester, I get a call from my mom, and she says, hey, I have some bad news. Your grandma's been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And it crushed me. I was like, God, here I am. I'm, doing the, I'm going to Southeastern. I'm, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Like I'm doing the thing that you called me to do. Why would you do this? Why? And I was mad. I was mad at God for a while. I had to work through whether or not I even thought God was good. And I came to the realization that that he is. Despite my circumstances, God is still good. And so then, after I realized that, I started to pray. I said, God, I don't know what your will is in this situation. I don't know what you want, but I know what I want. 
God, I want my grandma to live to see me get married. I want my grandma to live and and see my first child be born. That's what I want. I don't know what your plan is here, but, but this is what I want, God. I want this so badly. Please do something. Do a miracle. Heal her. Do something. Two years later, my grandma saw me get married. Another four years after that, she got to meet Callie. And another two years after that, she passed away a few months ago. God answered every want that I had. He saw, my grandma saw me get married. She not only got to meet my child, but she had a relationship with Callie. And then she got to see other, my other cousins get married and their children be born. God did a miracle because I wasn't afraid to ask. I started circling that one, man. I wanted that. Imagine what could happen if we became a church of circle makers. God wants to answer your biggest prayers and dreams. What would it look like if you stepped out in faith and started praying and God started doing some miracles on your behalf? We're praying as a church over these life groups that we're about to start. We want to have an incredible life group ministry, and I'm praying that they go awesome, and I'm praying that some of you in this room become leaders of life groups. Right now, I'm praying over our Christmas service. I'm circling that one because I want to see this place filled from the front all the way to the back for every single service. And that's not something I can do on my own. We're going to need God to move on that one. I'm praying those things. And in a moment, I'm going to pray, and I want all of you to start praying about whatever you wrote down. Whatever's on your heart, I want you to start praying about that thing as I pray. And some of you are in here and you're just like, I don't even know about this whole Jesus thing. I don't necessarily believe in miracles. I want to challenge you. Start praying. Because nothing moves God and changes people like prayer. Start praying and see if God doesn't show up. If you want today You can start by praying for the greatest miracle, which is God's salvation for us. That's the greatest miracle God ever did. And so if you haven't experienced that, in a second, I'm going to lead you in prayer. You can pray along with me, use words that are in your own heart because you're just talking to God. If that's you and you don't know Jesus, if you're not sure, I want you to pray that prayer or just start praying and see if God doesn't show up. And while I'm doing that, I want the rest of you to start praying circles around your dreams and your needs. Let's pray. Jesus, I I don't know if if all of this is for me. I I don't even know if, if you're real up there, but I'm hoping you are. God, if you came down and you died for my sins... I want to follow you and I want to start trusting you. So speak to me. Show me who you are. Do something in my life. Show me a miracle, God. I need it. God, I want to believe. Help me to believe. Help me to know that, that you came and you died for my sins. Show me, God. 
And for the rest of us who are praying circles over dreams and over needs, God, I pray that they would start to see miracles happen in their lives. God, I pray that as a church, we would start to pray circles around our church and circles around each other and that we would start to see miracles happen. And God, that you would get the glory because there's things happening that only you can do. I believe you can do it. I know you can. So God, we put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. We risk. We're going to overcome fear and we're not going to give up because we know that you are the miracle maker. God, we love you and we thank you for everything that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.